welcome back to For the Love of Humanity podcast. This is the episode on Harmonized Human, and it's been a while. I took some time off um, recording, and uh, I've had a really beautiful start to my year. Um, I had a significant birthday, and my husband took me on vacation to Barbados. It was a surprise. He told me about it on Christmas, um, and my birthday is January 9th, so we, on January 7th, we boarded a flight to Barbados and had a gorgeous, 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 gorgeous time. And it's been a while since I've been away, y'all. So this was like a remembrance of what life is, <laughs> for sure. For me, it was an exquisite time. It was, oh, it was just wonderful. It reminded me a lot about being in my body the things that I love to do that are very simple. Um, yes, it was a gorgeous vacation and he treated me to one of the most delicious dinners I've ever had. Um, it was a gorgeous trip. That's all I can say about it. I hope you can feel that coming through. Um, and it allowed some things to settle. And uh, one of the things that I really like doing is when I find myself getting in my overthinky perfectionist way. I have this little saying that I say like, how is this perfect for me right now? How is this actually perfect right now? Even when something doesn't seem perfect, how, like, how is this perfect to orient myself out of my critical thinking? Because yes, it is a function that I don't want to do away with. Discernment is a function that is cultivated, uh, and refined into, into discernment. And it could be, more bulky, like critical thinking or a critical lens. And if we take that too far, it can become sort of a critical outlook, right? So understanding how to use our psyche in best form and function is a really cool thing. And one of the things that helps me get back into balance of enjoyment is how is this perfect for me? So that was something that, believe it or not, I did employ on my trip because there are a few moments where I was overthinking about something. And then when I was like, how is this perfect? It was like, oh, you know what? There it is. Yeah, there it is. That's how I know it's perfect. Okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. There's nothing to be critical of at this point. I'm here to relax, really. Okay. So there was that trip. And then um, my husband's dad turned 80 and that was a significant birthday. And he'd been planning on going to Hawaii for his 80th birthday. And so lucky me, I was taken to Hawaii for two weeks, which was, again, incredible. And Hawaii, what a profound feminine place. Like, what a profound, you know, I, I the words, I don't have the words for it yet that would do it justice. So I will say it was profound and it was also exquisite and it was also gorgeous. And we went snorkeling and we saw some whales and we got to go on a catamaran. It was, it was just gorgeous. We did the road to Hana. Um, so yeah, I've had three weeks in the first two months of the year traveling and it has reminded me how much freedom traveling gives me the feeling of freedom, which is wonderful. Um, so I just, uh, I'm coming to this 
with spaciousness, experience, time, and um, a different unfolding uh, from what I've experienced in quite some time, which has allowed me to feel into these sessions a little more. And I really did wait until I felt excited to record another one because I want to be at that point in my game where I'm recording not out of obligation or schedule, but more so out of, I'm excited to come on here and and talk. And I think that for those of you listening to this, that's what you deserve as well. You deserve that energy. You deserve nothing, nothing less than me presenting something that feels authentic, aligned and exciting. And, And maybe not exciting, maybe it's not always exciting, but like genuinely energy to share, energy to give, perspective to share, and uh, so that it's worth your time listening. Um, so when it's right for me, I'm trusting that when you listen to it, it's going to be right for you. And it's just right. It's <laughs> the feeling is right. So this installment or this podcast episode is about the harmonized human, which evolved from that divine human trilogy that I'd started uh, when I started creating Balanced Masculine. And that has evolved, I'll tell you. Um, just grown. It's got six sessions total. And I finally felt ready to do the Harmonized Human podcast because that's where I'm going next with this series. And these guide sessions are wrapping up and it's like, I'm feeling this, this culmination. So today I'm going to talk about, we, we talked about the balanced masculine. We talked about the feminine, which it's funny. I'm still like trying to land on a title for that. And I've had feminine flow, like balanced masculine, embodied feminine, like embodied feminine sounds great. I'm still not even fully decided. And then I had feminine flow and I'm like, does that sound like we're just talking about menstrual cycles with this? (laughs) Is this feminine flow? Unfortunately, flow and flow the coding around the word flow and feminine has reminded me of a tampon commercial or a a pad commercial so but I like it it makes sense feminine flow it makes sense to me so we'll see we'll see where I land if it's embodied feminine or feminine flow but nonetheless this is the harmonized human where it stands and then I you know cultivate and elaborate and refine and pull it all together for a guide session series that is for purchase. Um, So for now, you're going to hear my take on the harmonized human. And this is based on some stuff that really solidified and landed as of coming back from the trip. And it's so funny when things land. And I will say I've been in a state of like over analytics and really like, okay, okay, come on. Let's like, let's get to it and structure and structure for so long that, that going away helped me loosen all of that completely. Like I didn't even think about creation other than just like being present. And then when I came back, I had this, I was like, okay, now let's get down to it. Get your butt in the chair and start recording. And I didn't have that feeling. So instead I reorganized my entire pantry and threw out a bunch of stuff and like dealt with stuff and just really, you know, got to busy work that feels productive for me. And then boom, stuff just started to like all the Tetris pieces started to like fall into place and like clear rows and fall into place and clear rows. And it was the coolest thing. So sometimes when we're doing busy work with our hands and really not trying to force something, 
things land easier. That's sometimes I, I have a hard time, you know, calling in that revelatory aspect. I'm too contracted around the doings that I, that I don't allow the revelatory aspect and allow the answers to all the questions I've been asking in my mind to file through. Um, we talk about the revelatory aspect a lot in the balanced masculine guide series. So, so with this harmonized human, um, this is like a finely tuned instrument, right? This is the balanced, harmonized synergy as a practice, knowing and desiring a unified experience. It's about being this version, right? And it takes recognition, takes recognition, recognitive, recognizing. It takes alignment. And while I believe that it is available for all of us, every single person has this ability to develop this. It's within our package, our human package, right? It opens up and we can further develop skill sets. This isn't within everybody's realm of possibility and ability, but it may take some orientation. It may take some belief restructuring. It may take some deep investment in what feels like balance to you on a unique, right, on a unique level, right? So to back it up a little bit, in the Balanced Masculine Guide sessions, we went from locating ourselves, becoming aware of our intelligent design, seeing what we are both, seeing that we are both and all, like we are both the masculine and feminine aspects. Every human being has both, and they're more about a functionality and an energy and a principle for appreciation, right? Not for like the sake of um, identifying with one or the other. We're both and all, and we're even more than those things too. And so when we examined our perception of what gender meant to us and what masculine and feminine meant to us, we were able to see perhaps where the edges of our belief sat and open up to more of what that actually means, more of the truth of that principle, more of how can that actually work in our benefit. So we looked at our beliefs, we looked at how those beliefs created how we see things, how we see things now, and we looked at how we can create through shifting our beliefs our structure, our masculine aspect, our framework, right? These are the things we did in the guide session. So not only were we talking about the archetypal aspects and principles of masculine and feminine, we talked about how they interplay together. We talked about the synergy of how they work together. And we also talked about the masculine aspect of structure of our belief systems and how we can use the feminine aspect to like dissolve belief systems to use our emotions as, as guide, uh, to, you know, refine and create a new system inside how we can, you know, up level the system we have using both the masculine and feminine dynamics within us. And so we saw how the feminine could come in and be both the energy of desire and the energy of dissolving the energy of healing. And that it can also be the energy of amplification and magnetism. So this was primarily on balanced masculine, but I believe you can't look at one without the other because they are a tandem experience. And that's really what I want to hit home is we have both. It is not related to how we dress. It is not related to our genitalia the same way we think it is. Everybody has both. And how we essence and express that is our business, is our individuality, right? 
but it's really beautiful that we get to see form and function in its singularity just a little bit. So just when we think, okay, we're not just our genitals, we're not uh, identified as our gender, we can be, we can be, but it's not just that. And it's not only that. So we saw how when we are building and magnetizing and how we, when we work with these aspects, these principles in tandem and in synergy, the way it works feels different. We become clear on how we create shifts and how natural it is to work with our intuition, with revelation and emotions to create. It takes the burden off. It takes the, this is how we come out of the masculine grind of having to dig and claw and climb our way there with our bare hands. And it's not just that. That's not, that's not the only aspect of the experience that when we take time for revelation and we take time to use our emotion and our energy and our intuition, our experience becomes more robust. The journey becomes more enjoyable, more informed, more intuitive. We're almost doing ourselves a disservice when we rely on one or the other completely heavily to the exclusion of the other. We are doing ourselves a disservice, right? And so this, this symbiotic internal relationship of the masculine and feminine is what creates healing, peace, rest, momentum, shifts, enjoyment, satisfaction, a deep enlivening of the experience. It's using both together. And so when I say these things like healing, peace, rest, and then you also hear momentum shift, it's a paradox. We use both. It's like trying to think about having a car and only having a gas or brake. Like we need both. We need both to do the thing, to get the thing done. So it's a deeper expression of both aspects. The, the balance of the masculine recognizes that it's part of the human experience and that when the other part, the feminine is integrated, it can feel more full, more robust, not less not diluted or tampered with, not feminized as how people see it, not becoming less in the other essential quality, but actually becoming more and lifting us up out of the realm of thinking either or, you know, separate functioning and actually popping us up and out over the other side to see that, oh my gosh, I'm more than actually both the masculine and feminine functioning. I'm actually dripping my energy through the two and allowing them to function it out into the world. And so this is because you must trust your intuition and trust that who you are is beyond these archetypal energies of masculine and feminine. And when you're using both in a way that feels ignited, it allows you to present an amplification. So you choose how you present and you're supported by the functioning of the interplay of the two. So it's, you can identify any which way you want. You can identify with a specific gender. You can be, look at your body and say, wow, look at this functionality. And actually I have this piece and component on my body that's slightly different from somebody else's. But then on another level, we all have pieces and functions that are slightly different. They look slightly different. They function slightly different. And then there's these bigger, bulkier archetypal aspects of, okay, well, you know, penis, 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 vagina, but you know what I mean? Like they, they sort of fall in broader categories. And we can choose to identify that with that aspect and really walk that out and embellish that in the way we dress and the way we, you know, articulate or we don't, or we do a mix of the two, or we lean one other way to create this interesting interplay and balance. And so it really isn't as limited as we thought it was, but 
the bare basics of what I'm trying to teach is that we need to have a respect and devotion and honoring of the two aspects to have them really function at their highest. So really see, instead of sublimating one for the other because of the way we thought we were supposed to be, um, we really raise up both of them, find out we're bigger than both and we're actually more because of it, and then let that fly and sing for a bit. So this harmonized human um, is this momentum and this place that we come to when we deeply understand the reality of our experience. And when we deeply understand the reality of our experience and we trust the reality of our experience and we trust our design and we trust that what we were given and came in with is here to support us, we come to this innate feeling that we are meant to be here, that I am meant to be here, that I'm here and I have my own life perspective, my own sensory experience and relational experiences that are part and parcel of this experience. You start to get a knowing of your inherent and innate humanity and what it means archetypally and therefore individually. This is when we start to like relate even more and even deeper to our mission and our vision and our purpose. When this starts to make, have more meaning, you start to know um, more of your function. You start to see the function and the design of all the parts. You can, you can isolate them and see them individually, but because you respect that they are um, incredible in their isolation, but also very much knowing they are not functioning in isolation. They are part of a whole machine, if you will, a biological machine, um, a psychological machine, an intuitive machine, right? And so you see both the masculine and the feminine, the solar, the lunar, the positive, the negative, and you don't associate the positive and the negative with good and bad. You see it more in its function like, um, like think about electric charge. You see it like that you realize that the function of balance is both wonderful and grounding and healing. And then you also understand where you can come out of balance purposely to create momentum. You're not afraid of the swing, the pendulum swing. You've Because you understand how to get yourself back into balance and you use the swing and the pendulum swing and the momentum intentionally for your creation, for your growth, to experiment, for curiosity, to have fun. Right. And you see that that this is like um, this balance. This is actually a cyclical experience. Right. You see also this design repeated throughout all there is. And you see also this aspect of symbiosis and function through all there is. You get to sort of start once you understand the energy of it, you understand the archetype of it, you understand the metaphor of it and you loosen up and you start to observe the world around you, you start to realize the symbiosis and function in all of the things around you. You see behind the curtain. You get to see the intelligent design in everything around you. And you realize that acceptance and this deeply naturally experience leads you to not have to remember and, and prioritize balance as much. You just naturally find this aspect. Once you have deeper acceptance, once you 
you know, you practice and then you, you sort of understand it's already flowing. It's already there. You don't have to hold so tightly. You can hold a little bit more loosely, right? The harmonization, the embodiment is when you move from learning, right? And maybe having to practice, right? To believing, and then from believing, it's not just there because believing is almost like um, it still has to be bolstered a little bit. For me, anyway, that's the flavor I get from believing. Like, I believe it. I believe it. And it's and then you move to knowing where you don't have to check up on it. You don't have to bolster it. You don't have to reinforce it. It's just there. It can't be taken at that point. It's like knowing something that can't be now unknown. And then being when you know something that deeply and then and then you just be it. You don't have to remember it's in you. It's like, it's like when you come to this idea that like, um, hmm, that something is deeply not resonating with your system. And in the beginning, you still do it sometimes because you forget that it bothers or irritates your system, or you forget that you've decided you're not doing that anymore. Um, and then you put it into practice enough, and then you feel the benefits of not doing it. And then you continue to work and remember to not do it. And then, you know, you do it for a long time and then you fall off a little bit and you go into old habits and then you remember, oh yeah, 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 this is the way of being. This is the way of being. There comes a point where you don't have to remember that anymore and you would just be that. And actually then you're in that mode for so long that you look back and go, oh my God, I remember when I used to be that way. Holy smokes. Like I know so much now, there's no way I'd ever choose that anymore for my experience. But wow, I remember at one time that was a thing that was a reality for me. So there's an, there's an a, amount of being that culminates from, from that, from that new way of being. And with new experience, you learn new things. So this is always happening. This is always shifting, changing, and growing. This is always expanding, right? And, but then there becomes an ease and familiarity with this. When you're able to feel your way in and out of balance, and when you know your essential nature while also knowing that it's not static, it's like you get your sea legs. You know that the waves, the flow is always happening. You don't expect it to stay so stable. You understand that the stability is internal. And then you can sort of ride the waves differently. There's an ease that comes from perspective of wholeness, of knowing you're part of a whole, of knowing that the flow is even part of it. That's like trusting the external, like trusting the internal and learning trust generally, right? There's an ease when you know there's an intelligent design and you can let off a little bit and not worry about, you know, whether you're correct in your, in your makeup and in your design, worrying whether you're okay, you're good. Do you know? There's an ease that shows up when you know that you're intentionally created. You're good. You're entitled to your experience. You're here. You're here, like feel yourself in this moment in your body. You're here, right? There's an ease that comes from that. And when you start to ease into that, you start to see how intelligent the design actually is and how self-balancing it actually is. There's going to be a part two to this that I'm going to get into all of those kind of truths that really landed. They've been landing for a long time. I've known them for a long time, but they landed in a way that it became easier for me to articulate them to others. Because for a long time, I really was rigorously looking at them. Is this subjective? Is this just my experience? Or can I present these in a way that might help people in some sort of universal objective way, kind of ish, right? Without bypassing, without stepping on people's toes of their own in intuition and their own initiation, their own getting there, right? 
So there is a walk of paradox, which feels like a trusting, a trusting what is while enjoying starting to take more of the creation aspect, starting to enjoy creating goals and steering your life. At a baseline, trusting the experience, moving from into enjoyment, and when it feels aligned, moving into a place of enjoyment and reaching for a goal or desire attainment is sort of the new way of being. This process of intuitively calibrating our inner balance by making use of the function and the principles of masculine and feminine allow us to see that we are not meant to function as this or that confined by one aspect. And it allows us to see that we are something beyond both. Because once you sort of see archetypally or see conceptually the balance, the masculine and feminine interplay, you should go, oh, well, what else are we in a more nuanced, multifaceted way? Like what else? Oh, and then you see, oh my goodness, we're beyond that. Oh my, and you start to get revealed to you what is more intelligent about our design. And you get to see beyond both. And it is beautiful to see an individual body express this. And it is beautiful to see an individual expand beyond this, to see the interplay for what it is, a physical and energetic function of the human experience. And that it is the essence or the human that is overarching and coming through these aspects the grander part is the essence, not the category of male or female. The, what we're looking at in life, what we get to start seeing is it's always the essence coming through the structure. But we can't see the essence necessarily until it comes through the structure. We can. We can intuit it. We can conceptually see it. But isn't it fun to materially see it push through structure? It's like, you know, we don't see the wind until it pushes a branch, until it moves a leaf. Like I would sit in my sauna some nights and watch the snow create little funnels, like little mini snow tornadoes. And it was so cool to see the wind as it interacted with the snow. And I'm, I, it wasn't lost on me that I couldn't see the wind until the wind interacted with something material and whipped it around. And then I could see both. And I knew I wasn't just seeing snow. I was seeing snow and wind. And I knew I wasn't just seeing wind. I was seeing snow and wind. And, and it's in that interplay that sometimes we get like such, such a sweet feeling of like, I'm observing something really friggin' cool right now. And so understanding that we're seeing the essence, we're seeing the essence essenced through the human experience. And you express the maleness and femaleness in each of us, but through our essence or who we get, we get to be intuitively, right? We, who we calibrate to, how we calibrate to and it shows on the outside and how that, and we also understand how masculine and feminine is used to support the human being on the inside, right? We, in Balanced Masculine, we talked about how the masculine and feminine are both used to create and dissolve belief systems to help us move cognitively, to evolve cognitively, to learn and, and grow and feel new experience cognitively by using our belief systems as scaffolding and then breaking them down again and creating new belief systems, dissolving old ones and creating new ones so that we're, we're moving, we're, we're remaining in the flow. We're not holding against the, like the currents of the river, right? And even as I present this, 
I'm aware that this is still only a facet or an articulation of something that is complex and dynamic, something that is moving and alive and intuitive and responding. I can only sort of offer a snapshot. I can only offer a perspective while being fully aware that it's, it's much bigger than that. That it's collaborative, that it's integrative. So knowing that we are individuals who have access to both masculine and feminine, and that we get to uniquely express and embody this, and the only way to do that is to seek out internally and intuitively what works for you. Knowing that there are some archetypal or principal aspects that can guide you to differentiations, but are not meant to become dogmatic or stagnant. They are meant to be moving and evolving just like you. And they, they just, whether you try to fix them or not, is not accurate to their nature. So if you decide this is what masculine is, this is what feminine is, and that's what I've decided, and that's what it is, and that's what the definition is, and you try to fix it to something, a framework, that's something that you're doing. You're not affixing the actual things themselves. You're not even affecting them really. You're affixing your experience with them. You're framing your experience with them. You can't pin them down. And yet the meaning we ascribe to them individually and collectively has an impact on our reality, on our shared reality. It mirrors, in, and then that has real effects on us. It mirrors to us what happens when we make meaning. And when we make meaning as our shared reality, as a collective experience, as a group, and then agree to continue holding that meaning in place, it's like when we decided that we were only defined by our gender or we were primarily defined by our gender and our body it's we really didn't explore the aspect of our spirituality the same way we really didn't explore the aspect of the of our humanity that's that's above and beyond just our gender our perspective is shaping our reality at that time so when we hold the collective belief that boys wear blue and girls wear pink and that you identify with your gender and the various boxes on a form that you get from the government. And we only look at our experience through that perspective, or we, we use that as the standard form of understanding ourselves. It provides a very narrow bandwidth to experience within. And so this is what we're being mirrored when we start to see shifts in the collective and see shifts where people are saying, well, hang on, that doesn't actually fit me. Actually, that's not how I experience this thing. I actually experience a variety of things. Actually, I experience both of those archetypes in different ways. And it's so interesting because as a collective in the beginning, when we see something that doesn't fit in the collective definition, the royal we, I say we, um, but in the collective, it seems like when something doesn't fit the definition at first, we pathologize it at first we see it as a dysfunction, as something that doesn't fit the mold. So therefore it must be a malfunction. 
And that's simply not the case, especially when our definition has been so narrow that we don't see the variety of form around us. And so gender is just one area that this is demonstrated to us. But if we can wrap our, our heads around the concept of gender and the fact that we have both and the fact that we are both within the one and actually we're bigger than just that and we're more than just our body and we're more than just our gender and that they have a different function, we don't have to condemn the function of gender, the archetype of gender, or we don't have to condemn the functionality of masculine and feminine as, as um, limiting. We can actually see it as part of the whole, see its function, enjoy its function, use its function for its function, <laughs> embrace its function and liberate beyond that definition and say, okay, well, wait a minute, then how is this, how could this be meant? How could this be used on another level? Blow it right out of the water and what, what is the function of this, right? And so then we agree to hold new meaning. We are having both an individual experience and a shared experience. And when individuals come to new understandings of how, of our potentiality, they can share that with the collective. And that's not to say that everybody has to take on one singular individual's experience because that's not actually the way we're meant to live. But if one of us finds like, hold on guys, there's a whole other level to this thing and it helps other people create more expansion and then they now start to experience things and they want to share things that they've experienced that helps expansion and it helps us feel more natural and grounded and alive and in, in enjoying our experience, then for sure we can start to take those things and bring them into the collective and, and adopt some of those collective philosophies or, or see what is consistent and objective about it and share with one another so that we can all expand. So there is a point to sharing our, our experience and just know that what we agree on and what we hold meaning with collectively and what we hold in place as a rule impacts us all on some level, unless we, you know, divorce ourselves from the group to a degree to relieve ourselves of the limitations of the group. And when we see this differentiation, it allows us to choose for ourselves. So everybody that's living in a slight differentiation and in alignment to themselves and individuality, it reminds us instead of saying, oh, I must live like that person who's done it differently. We're reminded I can live like my person and do it differently and still be part of a group and still be part of a collective. And we start to align with people that for various reasons and seasons align with us. And it doesn't have to be forever. We could align with a group for a specific purpose, for a specific, specific goal. When we go to post-secondary education, we align with a different group because we're there and it serves a function. And perhaps we're put together in a specific class or we align with a specific group because we're working at a specific company for a bit. It doesn't mean that we're always going to be aligned with that group, but for the moment, it seems to match. And then we can live in whatever flavor feels right. This generally happens as we come of age. We start to see what worked for us, what's different from us, from our family of origin. We take what worked and we take what felt really confining and we sort of maneuver it and find what feels right for us. And we, we find our adulthood through that. It happens when we settle into adulthood, but if we, if we aren't connected to our inner knowing, our inner guidance, our inner harmony, there can be aspects that we have taken on that aren't us. And they keep us in places, in situations, groupings, beliefs, 
patterns, roles, and relationships that aren't aligned with our growth. It's kind of like wearing a pair of shoes that don't fit. They don't fit our foot. They don't fit our personality, our style, our lifestyle. They don't fit our aim, our goals, what we're trying to accomplish. They don't fit our alignment. They don't fit our current needs. And it's like at, at one moment, maybe that shoe fit, but now it doesn't. So the harmonized human is the person who finds or who has figured out at a foundational level that they are more than just their body. They are more than just their personality. They are more than what they were told they were and more than what they believed they were. It's about finding out what they are by inquiring internally, by asking questions of the revelatory function of the human mind and the subconscious. By testing out how things feel and including the body's feeling function using both the masculine and feminine. By remembering that the body, organs, skin, bones, etc. keeps score and has a lot of intelligence to share when we are open and paying attention. The body is interconnected on levels beyond what we thought and what we've been taught. It is a Pandora's box. And if that's overwhelming, know that there is an intelligence to this design that is metaphored all around us. When you start looking, there are maps. You will begin to see the overlay conceptually. So it becomes less overwhelming and more exciting. In the Balanced Masculine Guide sessions, we looked at the layers of conceptual understanding. We started to see that we can hold conceptual, right? We can hold the biological, the archetypal, the sociobiological, the psychosocial, the collective, the individual, the genetic, and the epigenetic. And we can see how these are all layers or lenses or perspectives to see our experience. And when you can hold conceptually all those lenses or you hold all of that, that framework or those, those viewpoints, as in holding them loosely and overlaying them, you start to see how they're sort of all interconnected and they all speak to one another and they're all responding to one another. Our minds are able to perceive this level of awareness, but it takes practice and confidence, and curiosity to be with it and make sense of it, to see it at play and at work. It's just magnificent. When we come to that level of awareness and we trust what we're being shown, we trust what's being revealed, we trust that we'll figure it out, we trust in life that we're safe to take this next, next leg of the journey, the internal one, when we know that we're safe externally, we know that we're safe in our bodies, we know that we're grounded enough, we're stable enough, we can take this journey inward. And this journey is like twisty and turny. And I caution you, sometimes it feels like a splitting. And sometimes it can feel like we've traded everything we knew and everything we were certain about for something we're not quite certain of yet but it is magnificent and we all have the capability. And when you can hold that knowing, it's a little easier to go through what feels like an undoing. 
an unbecoming to a rebecoming. And this is like the whole rebirth process. And so this is part one of this harmonized human episode. And I have a part two. I'm very excited about it. It's already, I'm already doing, I'm going to record it right now, but it's a lot of information and I'm attempting to not bombard you beautiful human with so much information that it sort of is flooding. It's funny. I have these conversations with my husband and sometimes he's like, it's, you know, I just, I've reached, I got to let some of it settle for a minute. <laughs> and so I'm attempting to realize that although I see it as so interconnected and I see this big web and I see it conceptually and I want to share it conceptually, it needs to be more bite-sized. But I want to always bring you back to listen with your intuition. Listen with your internal guidance. Ask to be shown Ask, ask for your subconscious to show you how this relates to you because as much as I'm trying to show an objective experience or, or subjective experience and pull out what feels objective, it's not going to make sense to you unless it gets grounded through you in your own sensibility. So take it as it comes. It's not prescriptive. It's my wisdom or my experience spilling forth and hopefully it can help provide you with some information that helps you figure out where you're at. So thank you very much for joining me and I will catch you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.